Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. Today we're interviewing Caitlin Hornbeck, one of Jay's superstars. Trust me, when we talk about transformation, this woman has done it. So many incredible lessons in this one. Keep listening. Hi, I'm Jay Pryor, life coach, speaker, and author of Lean Inside, Seven Steps to Personal Power, a practical guide to transformation. My definition of transformation is chipping away at everything that is not your highest, best self. In our podcast, Doing the Work with Jay and Becca, we take on personal transformation to have you show up powerfully in your life and business. And I'm Becca Booth, marketing strategist focusing on strategy, sales, and social, and I'm the guinea pig. So I'm the one doing the work right along with Jay, and I'm the fresh face to it. So I'm still new at all of this stuff and learning along the way. So I'm ready to learn along with you. Listen to our podcast, and we know our commitment to you is that we leave you inspired, lifted up, and no matter what, knowing that you're on the right path as long as you're willing to take progress, not perfection, to create your life exactly the way you want it. All right, so here we go. Welcome, my friend, client, buddy, old pal of mine, Caitlin Hornbeck, to our podcast. I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. Welcome. I just want to say how great I'm, how I'm excited to have you because, you know, Becca is a perfect to this podcast with, and I call her like my poster child, but really, Caitlin, like you're the first person that I was ever bold enough to start asking the question why are you creating it that way and mm-hmm. act, and holding you accountable for that <laughs> and i was harder on you than i've ever been harder on hard on anybody to be honest so i really feel like um if anybody's been put through it with my work it's you and so i really it's a joy to have you with us and i'm so excited to for you to share your story with everybody i'm really really excited to share too and see where this session takes us as they can always be interesting <laughs> <laughs> yep, you never quite know with Jay. <laughs> so we're sort of on the same side of the table here as coaches. Um, and I know that from my personal experience with Caitlin, um, she is just a creator. I mean, she's just one of those people who, as soon as you get around her, like to, the energy that she puts off is um, just so incredible. Um, you can't help but be drawn to her and drawn to her her story and her personality and just everything about what she is. Um, and so it's just such a such an honor to have you on our program today. We're super excited to have you, and it's kind of fun to have somebody else who's in the middle of doing the work. We've been we've been interviewing all of these other people who are, you know, obviously doing the work as coaches or professionals in the field, but um, I ha- we haven't had anybody yet. You're our first um, person who is just kind of also in that same space. So, all right. So why don't we go ahead and start with the that just a little history of Caitlin. Tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you started um, getting interested in the work of transformation, um, how you met Jay, you know, any of those type of background things that everybody would love to hear. Okay. Um, well, I am a native of Lawrence, Kansas, and um, was also raised in uh, going to Unity Church on and off throughout my childhood. So transformation has always kind of been in the background of my conversation, but not necessarily in the forefront. 
Um, and kind of fast forward a little bit. And um, when I was about 18, I got pregnant and um, ended up having a beautiful baby girl. And the relationship with my partner that I have that daughter with kind of started to fall apart. Uh, and we were also at the same time really exploring everything spiritual we could get our hands on. Uh, just trying everything on that we could. And one of, a, one of our friends had heard about this free group coaching workshop at Unity. So I went and um, have been hooked ever since, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say. And um, from that, he offered anybody that came to the group coach to have a free individual coaching. And Jay happened to arrive in my life in pretty much the perfect moment, um, as all things do. And uh, helped me turn my disaster into an opportunity for mastery. And uh, I just have been coaching with him since then. I uh, am now, after that, being a young mom and on lots of state and federal assistance and barely making ends meet and barely making ends of my emotions meet, I am now a successful registered nurse and have been practicing for about three years and on track to become a nurse midwife and own my own business and, um, and raising an amazing daughter who surprises me every day with how she shows up um, based on how uh, she creates her own world too. So I guess that kind of sums it up a little nice. bit. So. What a story, you know, like what an incredible adventure you guys have been on together. Yeah, we sure have. Well, and I want to jump in here because um, when I met Caitlin, so she came to my workshop, which at the time, I can't remember. Do you remember what it was called, Caitlin? It was like, oh, I was talking about what your sentence is. I talk about this in the book. Um, and it was just when I was starting to get for myself that the words that come out of our mouth, which I'm, I've said so many times, the words that come out of our mouth tell us exactly what we believe about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I was just starting to get that, and I, I had, I mean, I had gotten it for myself, and I was starting to practice it and do workshops on it. And that particular workshop was what, what was a workshop where we would essentially try to discover something we said about ourselves that was like a jail sentence. And so it was a sentence that we spoke, and again, I talk about this in the book, it's a sentence that we speak but it's also a sentence, like we've sentenced ourselves to something. And yeah. so we were, in an, we were in an exploration in that workshop. And Caitlin, do you remember what your sentence, what you discovered in that workshop? Absolutely. The clearest thing. Um, yeah. I am a mistake. And I am a mistake. Yeah. yeah. I remember when she got that. Oh. Oh. Oh, I just, I just started to want to throw up a little bit in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. Because you're so not a mistake. Like, no, yeah. but I mean, you can get how kids <laughs> No, yeah, that. but I and totally like, see. Even a sibling tells you that, and you... Oh, God, like, yeah. Right? Yeah, well I, well, I fuck everything up, so, I'm, yeah, you know, right. it's kind of, we have a That's similar yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, just, you know, when you know the beauty of your soul, the fact that you ever felt that way makes me just break inside a little bit. But, so, what happened next? I mean, how did you go from that? Um, well, I reframed that uh, through that process, and I really found, like, the root cause was in... My sister used to, like, we were talking about siblings saying that to you. 
she, uh, because my parents got divorced about six months after I was born, um, uh, my sister used a lot in our fights. She would say, well, you were just a mistake anyways. So, and uh, so I rooted it down to that and then realized that what she said to me doesn't make me who I am, that my value does not come from her and was able to reframe that into discovering what I could create from that trigger point. Because once you realize that you thought you were a mistake your whole life, <laughs> yeah. really nowhere to go but up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I, so from that, I was able to find my personal value again, which is really a good starting point for being a creator. Yeah, mm. I feel yeah, like powerful. And I think, you know, it's important to make sure that we say that when some when you find this stuff, you find like I'm a mistake or I'm a, and uh, and it's a sentence you've sentenced yourself to. It's it's never the truth. Right. Mm -hmm. Just like it's never mm -hmm. the truth of who we are. But in our little kid brains or whatever it is that create that, we think it's the truth. Right. Or it lives like it's the truth. And then we gather evidence for it the rest of our time until we figure out that it's not the truth. How, and here's what I want to point to, though. You know, in my work, we talk about how you got to baby step it out. So, you know, somebody can't go from believing they're a mistake to believing, you know, I'm perfect in every way or whatever. It's just bullshit. <laughs> it sets off your bullshit meter. Um, mm -hmm. However, Caitlin had been a child of unity. Who In, in, in the unity church, we use... Uh, affirmative thinking and affirmative prayer and so she had some muscle already around that a little bit mm. so her reframe was probably more powerful than most people could have gotten in that moment um she was able to really reframe it and also made a commitment to me that she was going to give up all that conversation of i'm a mistake and then she did <laughs> and that's the thing yeah. i want you to get about caitlin i've rarely and part of the reason i'm so you know like kick-ass hard on her is I, I mean rarely have we ever come up against a time when she was like resisting me like she'll just she's just coachable as hell and she believes what i say so like when i ask her to do stuff she does it and it's fantastic i think that for people who have that opportunity as soon as you have that aha moment with jay like that moment where it's like a big moment you know i think that lots of people have like those little breakthroughs but like when you have that big breakthrough moment, it sounds like you had yours almost from the very beginning with Jay, like like I did. I think that it's very easy to just be like, okay, and, you know, like, tell, tell me what else I shall do, master. <laughs> just keep telling me stuff. Because <laughs> uh, it's like, once you have that moment, and that's what I, that's what I, you know, hold space for everyone to be able to have one of those moments where you just go, oh, yep. Yep, he 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 hit on something that I've never been able to hit on through any of the other, you know, self-help, self-development, any of those things have done. There's just something that happens, and then I think that's where you become more and more coachable. Yeah, I can get that, definitely. Well, um, and another big moment that happened in our first personal coaching session was his request of me to be 100% responsible for my life. Yeah. And oh. at that moment, I he asked you that on your first coaching session? Yeah. <laughs> Meanie? Yeah. 100%. Uh, and as a person who at that time was sharing a bank account with my partner, 
or soon to be ex partner and not and taking responsibility for his life and taking response and not really taking responsibility for my own. Um, mm-hmm. Those were that was honestly at this moment, I laugh at how res- I did resist that to an extent. But at the same time, it just clicked and made sense. Of course, I am. I'm the one <laughs> that's doing yeah. it otherwise. And that's the thing is all along the way, you know, we um, always bring it back. It all, everything always comes back to integrity, you know, and if your te- integrity is in or out. And and all along the way, Caitlin has been stretching herself to be more and more in line with integrity around her own values and how she wants to live her life. And when we first started working, I would say, you know, integrity was out. Right? So there was stuff to do. There was some work to do. But and so that was part of my deal. And at the time, I mean, she was in a position where she couldn't pay me anything. So I wasn't going to do this for free if I wasn't going to have somebody who was really in it to win it. Right. Mm-hmm. But Caitlin showed up being like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> I'm in it. I'm, I'm ready. Um, you know, and she's at the time. When we, it was the very second time, by that time, her relationship had dissolved, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were a single mom at that point, yeah. you know, taking, maybe you were taking classes at JUCO and you, and the thing about Caitlin too, is she's always had a vision. She's known where she wants to go. She was just in her own way to get there. Mm-hmm. And That's so ah, yep. that was the piece of there. Well, you can't, you know, without integrity, you're not going to get to create all the things you want to create because it's not a magic wand. You know, there's there are st- there is stuff that you have to get in order. And so, you know, a lot of the work we did was getting stuff in integrity, like just honoring your word and, you know, doing what you say you're going to do and not committing to stuff you're not going to do. And all of that stuff was initially a lot of the stuff that we had to just take on just to get clear space to get to the bigger stuff that was really in the way. So, so you, I mean, okay, so we, you have your first, you take this on, and, and I think that, and I don't think I even knew that. I think that, for me, I've always known, sort of, power, Caitlin, um, so, it, uh, I, just <laughs> listening to this part is kind of, it's very interesting to me, because, I mean, you just, you, re- you recently graduated with your RN, right? Well, I graduated with my yes. bachelor. Yeah, with my bachelor's. I graduated from JUCO with my associates and got my RN license in 2013. So, yeah. And then just kept going. You know, most people like get their, uh, you know, they get that two year and they're like, let me take a break for a while. And Caitlin's like, no, 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 I can't. If I put the foot off the gas, I'll stop. So I just got it. She just went straight into her BSN. And, and as a single mom. Right. And while she's working full time as an RN, she's going to school. To get her BSN as a single mom. Jeez yes. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm talking about. She's got. She's busy. In fact, right now. So she just finished her BSN in May, and you're starting your master's in January. Is that right, Caitlin? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. So right now she's on the hook to do nothing. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I was gonna say. Which she's I having a out- hard time with that. <laughs> Aren't you? <laughs> I, it's getting easier. It's on its way to easier, but it is proving more difficult than probably any other hook he's ever put me on to be honest oh I bet three weeks into being on two or two or three weeks into being on the hook to do nothing I get a text from her going can I do this 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 and this I was like do you what do you think about should I do that I'm like I thought you're on the hook to do nothing like you're supposed to be doing nothing just like chill out but she's been going full speed ahead with school and work for so long that I mean it's yeah I mean it's just been it's been years I mean it's been a long time She's just been going full time. 
with uh, school and work. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I can feel, I could bet that there's a, there's a fear level there of slowing down or doing nothing because, I mean, I know for myself that that is one of those things that I struggle with and that, and that Jay and I talk a lot about actually is my biggest thing that I get myself wrapped up into is like the, if I don't do then, 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 you know, like how do I, it's that constant state of like pushing yourself and overwhelm into overwhelm. And if I'm not there, then I'm afraid that I'm just going to be like, okay, and just like crawl into bed and just not get back up for a while. Um, and as a parent, you don't get to do that. Um, but I bet that is a little scary to, to not do for a while. I've got this like clock in the back of my head that's like, oh, I need to do this task, this task, this task. Um, and also, I found out like last night, I didn't work today and all that and had a perfect opportunity to go to bed late and get up or go to bed early and get up late and instead I almost like was trying to make an excuse to stay up late and just work on a plan for a trip we're taking just so I had something to do yeah (laughs) I mean to not be staying up till three or four in the morning to do homework on my nights off um Fortunately, I have a great partner who held me to account for taking care of myself first and put me to bed. Uh, so there's definitely some, it's not a, as much fear as just like this, like I said, it feels like a ticking clock. It's like, oh, I got to do this next thing so I can keep on the train to getting what I want. As Jay would say, when are you going to stop making yourself wrong about that? <laughs> Did I do good? Did I say it right? <laughs> you did yeah well or you know i mean the thing is that and this is the thing with all of you is that there's this world of like there's this end game that you want and that you're creating and what you forget is that there's the there's this part of life is to enjoy the journey like you know Mm -hmm. enjoy getting there not just rush out to the end game yeah one of my favorite stories from Abraham recently is talking about how that that cruise leaves from Seattle and it comes back to Seattle. And so Abraham's like, "How would you feel if you got on the bus and I was you got on the boat?" And then I was like, "Okay, well, you know, you're here. <laughs> you're in Seattle, which is where you're going to end up. So get off." <laughs> well, that's where you're going to end up. So if you're just going to be aiming for where you're going to end up, then here you go. You know, you'd be pissed, right? Yeah. So, and yet, as humans, that's what we do. We're just, we got our eyeball on that end game and don't pay attention to, you know, the right. journey along the way. So, but so much has happened. I want to, I want to come back to, uh, you know, now we've kind of got the flavor. I also want to, I do want to have to say, I mean, Caitlin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but along the way, um, one of the things that we had to deal with, so I want you to get this full picture. So she's single mom in nursing school you know, grinding it out, <laughs> doing the work. Um, and, you know, sometimes she'd disappear for a while. I always knew when Caitlin disappeared that her integrity was out somewhere. <laughs> There's something going on. She's not calling her coach. No. <laughs> so she, she'd disappear for like three weeks at a time. <laughs> she'd disappear for three I weeks at a time. I do the same thing, Caitlin. But here's the deal. One of the, uh, one of the things that we had to deal with was her accepting not getting straight A's at the same time. Mm. Remember that? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I made myself wrong for bees. God, she would beat the crap out of herself if she got a B. Yeah. What? Wait, wait full-time work, full-time mom, full-time school, yeah. and it was a B. Yeah. Can you talk yeah. to my daughter, please? I think we need to have a conversation <laughs> about <laughs> what it really means to work hard. Well, an important thing that I got out of that is I had created a world in which A's were the only thing that was acceptable. Right. And... um. I got my first B on my first nursing school test and lost it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah. Like, I had already failed. Like, it was already over. I, like, might as well give up now. <laughs> kind of crap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that vividly. And I think that that's so important to, I just wanted to point that out because I think there's a lot of people out there who have that level of, there's a high standard that you have. And man, if you don't meet it, then you might as well throw in the towel. Because it's over. That's how we have it. And that's how, you know, Caitlin had it for that moment anyway. Well, I think we transformed it, or at least we started working on transforming it that day. But it was definitely a powerful conversation to talk about the being able to give up making yourself wrong for not being a straight-A student either. Yeah. Doing all the stuff you're doing. But I want to back up because there was so much that you transformed. And I do not, and I also want to, you know, I, I want to acknowledge the support that you do have. Yeah. Because you're, yeah. you're um, I don't know, whatever you want to call your baby daddy or the husband of the guy who helped you make that baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't want to use people's names on podcasts if you don't want me to. Uh, but his, he and his family are definitely there, right? Yeah. Well, and that's it. Like the words, I, I hear the word single mom. And I understand I was single and I was a mom. Right. But I, I was never alone. Right. I, right much support and so much wrapped around me that I not just like from my family from the government <laughs> like from all these sources uh, Heartland Works paid all of my nursing school tuition um, because I was a single mom on, par on below the poverty line uh, so I, just, I had tons lifting me up towards this I had all the tools I just had to keep picking them up yeah yeah and you had to keep using them yeah and you transformed something, and here's the deal. There's a couple things I want to point to on this podcast. One, Caitlin is the is one of the people that I work with who every once in a while, she and I both forget that we're the ones creating it, and then we have a good laugh over it. I remember one time when we were driving, I just it was a vivid memory of mine. When we're driving, we're doing a we're doing a session, and I got enrolled in your story. <laughs> I just remember being enrolled in the story, and then the next thing I go, I go, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold up here. Why are you creating it that way? <laughs> because it was something like you had this person you were in a relationship with that wasn't calling you back, or wasn't there was something going on, and I got so enrolled in the story for a minute that I, I was I was enrolled, I was buying it, and then I was like, wait a minute, hold on, <laughs> right, and um, and and that you got to a place where in your life. Once we hit this, because in the book I talk about how we as human beings, it's part of our conditioning, it's part of the human condition, it's part of our operating system, that the we set life up sometimes so that we get to be a victim or we get to be a martyr or we get to be right about how rotten we are or all of that stuff. And Caitlin and I got to a point where we got that part of your go-to is to be a victim. Uh -huh. And I could resonate with that because, you know, that's one of my favorite 
you know, drama queen tricks is to be a victim. <laughs> and so, but once she got clear about that, here's what's beautiful about Caitlin. Once she broke through that one time, it was, it was unbelievable. It was like any time that we would, I mean, granted, you know, there was some emotion, there was tears, there was, and, and I'm by no means want people to think I was just like nailing her the minute she came in going, what are you doing? You know, like we would talk about it. We'd get through the emotion and then eventually we'd get to, okay, so why are you creating it that way? And she got to where she would crack up laughing going, cause I get to be a victim. Yay. <laughs> Love it. We could go look at how did she set this up so that she could show up as a victim. Mm. And, and, but without any, and this is, I just can't say this enough. I mean, you, you don't get clients like this where without any drama, I mean, you would just laugh about it. And once we laughed about it, then you were free. And I don't know about you, but for me, that was such a, for me as a coach, it's just such a joy to have somebody who knows their, knows themselves as well as she does. And I mean, she's also a young person, so she knows herself so well. And is able to not resist that, just to go, oh, that's that's my default mode. That's what I do, right? And so here I go doing that again, and I just went unconscious to it, and that's it. And that is so powerful, because now, anytime we talk, if there's any, I mean, now, everything in our life is working, basically. Every time we talk now, it's like, everything is working. So it's hardly, there's hardly anything to coach. But if there is, like, she knows, she has so many tools and knows, oh, this is my default mode, so I could look there. Right. And that's what I want for people is like, if you know what your default mode is, you know where to look. Right. Right. You go, I'm I'm really good at being a victim. So how if I were to set this up so I could be a victim, how would that have gone? Right. And if I can get curious about that and not make myself wrong, but just get like an explorer's hat on, for lack of a better word, to just get in and get curious. then I have all this power. And that is something that Caitlin has a huge muscle in. That is such a joy to coach around is she'll just get curious and go, oh, God, look, I get to be a victim. And then we laugh. Yeah. And nice. It's over. Yeah, I know how powerful it was for me when we started identifying the fact that, like, my mine is to, to be right. Like, by God, <laughs> like, I can make myself right. Like, no matter what it is. Um, if it's, like, really crappy things that I'm creating by just so I can prove myself right or not. But, um I know that that was getting to that place where now I can check myself and be like, so how am I making myself right? Um, Dude, it makes such a difference just in being able to coach myself through some of the things versus having to like call you in a panic in tears and thinking the world's coming to an end because I've made myself right again about something so Kayla would you speak to um, there's a couple things that you transformed that I want to I want to highlight and one of them is in the realm of mom which one (laughs) (laughs) well let's start with your mom first because there was a huge breakthroughs around that yeah well um, I I grew up in a house with a lot of yelling and a lot of anger and because of that I had Not only could I be a victim, but I was right about it. (laughs) Because uh, when you're yelled at by a parent, you're automatically the poor little cowering thing in the corner. And when um, my mother passed fairly suddenly in 2009, I had had the unique opportunity to forgive somebody who who I'd never get to say that to their face. 
And a big part of the way that I transformed that is realizing that she was only working on what she knew as her frame and it had nothing to do with who I was or who I needed to be as a mother and that I had an opportunity to take steps forward and create a new attitude and create a new way of handling conflict without the need to lean back into well this is the pattern so this is just the way it has to be yeah because you transformed who you are as a mother by transforming your relationship to your mother do you get exactly. that yeah yeah well and that was the big realization because i was sort of forced into figuring it out myself and never being able to have words back from her about it necessarily I really had to take it on as my creation and having nothing to do with her. Yeah. Yeah, and it was really powerful. Yeah. So what, your daughter was born when? In 2006. Okay, so you, so you really have raised her without the mom figure in your life. I mean... That's hard to say because another relationship that I'll talk about um, is with somebody who is been kind of a mom to me as well so okay so yeah. and that's the next one without a mom figure because i have right. <laughs> definitely well, let's hear about that and relationship yeah. well that's a relationship i want to that's the one we're going to get really get into because when i first met caitlin this is the mom of her uh that is what she's your mother would have been your mother off you married the guy right yeah and when i first met you that was not going so well no, no, she was a mean, mean lady. She was a mean, mean lady. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing, but... <laughs> I well, know, I want, I want, it was your truth at the no, time. I'm 100% sarcastic. So much. She is I'm not sorry, a mean... <laughs> that again, what? Um, she is... Uh, from my perspective, she was... Train and also, honestly, fed by my mother's agreement during those three years that she was alive. That um, after Leander was born, uh, that Le that she Carla is her name. She was trying to take Leander from me. She was trying to be her mother. She was trying to take away experiences that um, I wanted to have with my daughter, and that essentially she wanted me to go away and would rather have her life without me. Yeah. And y'all, I want you to get how this was, this was real for her. I mean, this was your truth. Like 100%. that was, that was a hundred percent the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I stuck with that story for a long time and it was really easy to get agreement about it, uh, from not just my friends and other family, but even my coach and sometimes, yeah. Yeah. And, because of that, I collected evidence for years about who she was and what our relationship needed to look like and all these things. And uh, a big part of why I was able to reframe that into the relationship we have now is her husband and the man that I call dad as well. Uh, we had a really special and beautiful connection. And through that, I was able to see that all she was trying to do was just love my daughter 
And as soon as I gave her the opportunity, love me. Huh. But not until I gave her the opportunity. Uh, and as soon as we made the breakthrough and finally got through to the question of why am I creating it that way, I was able to take responsibility for the way that I treated her and realize that the whole time it's been me. Because honestly, who she is at, at her core, which is one of the most generous and kind human beings I've ever met in my life, has not changed. The only thing that's changed is how I showed up for her. And because of that, I now have what I, a lot of times what I say about her is I have a woman who both manages to honor my mother and be my mother at the same time. Um, like last year for my mom's birthday, or a couple years ago for my mom's birthday, she made my mom a birthday cake and wrote a little letter to my mom about how proud she'd be of me and all I've done. And I can't even believe that at some point that woman was so evil in my eyes and I just <laughs> created her as mean, mean lady. Yeah. And um, I mean, and she was so enrolled in it that, like I said, I even got enrolled in it. There was a, it was, it was a big story, and it was her truth. And that's the thing I want. If anybody leaves today with anything from this conversation, it's that know that it, you know the way that you think about somebody, the way that you, the perspective you have on somebody, the view that you have on somebody may not necessarily be the be the truth. It probably isn't, and the more enrolled you are and the more, you know, the more you continue to gather evidence and have momentum going towards that, the bigger it will get. And so little by little, we were chipping away. I mean, this is part, talk about transformation. You know, the definition of transformation that I use is chipping away at everything that's not your highest best self. And we spent a couple of years chipping away at that relationship until finally you had like, I mean, and it almost seemed like it happened overnight but it, clearly yeah. it was, we'd been working on it for a long time. Okay. But at some point you had an opening that was just boom. And then from there, occasionally it would shut down. But after that, you got to see it was all you. And so then we, I could always just bring it back to you. And why are you creating it that way? <laughs> like you're the one doing it. Because you got so clearly that it was you. Well, even as recently as last year, I have gotten hooked and had breakdowns around like who she is or who I thought she was and um, had an opportunity for transformation again. And I really will always appreciate those opportunities because above pretty much, I would probably say any relationship in my life, um, the way that I cherish her now versus how mad I was at her for all those years is def even beyond like, pursuing this degree or anything else spiritually and karmic wise and all that woo woo stuff. Um, my relationship with her, I will probably always point to as that big, one of my big, big moments. All of us. I think that all of us right now are probably in our minds thinking of somebody who we have that with where we have that type of, relationship with where you've made them evil you've made them wrong you've made them the bad guy um and we're and it's that's a that's a hard thing to let go of um especially when you've made yourself right so many times about it and you've you've created it in such a way 
Can you walk us through a little bit um, how you baby stepped that out? I mean, obviously you didn't go from she's an evil, horrible person to, you know, the cherishment, you know, cherishing her the way you do today. Um, so wh- how did, how did that work? How did the, how did you, ba- how did you do it? Help us. Um, well, a lot of it would come up like step by step in small things that she was doing that were happening repeatedly that I was collecting evidence about. Um, like one really silly thing I can think about is she really likes to take the Andrew movies and that's something that's really special to them. And I made this like huge thing about how she was taking away those experiences from my daughter and that I wanted to spend time with her, but didn't have as much cause I was in school and, um, all that. And this little tiny thing and making her so wrong for that. And, um, a big part of discovering that I created that is that I created this person who will take my daughter to do amazing things and she still gets to do all those amazing things instead of having to sit at home with my low level of abundance at the time with tons of schoolwork to do and instead look at the experience she gets to have instead of the wrong it makes for me Mm. and get the out of the joy my daughter gets to have instead of the juice out of, oh, she's so mean because she wants to take my daughter away Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, I mean, it's kind of hard to walk it step by step because it was just a lot of, it was so many little things that we walked through. Um, One thing is (laughs) Carla has pointed out to me in in the past that I have a tone that happens when I'm upset. And for a long time, I refused to admit that I had a tone. I refused to admit it. That um, I was being perfectly nice to her, and she was just wanting to see me as mean. And uh, and at some point, actually, once again, last year, I realized that that voice was coming from me. Hmm. I finally heard myself say, and that as I was talking to Jay and talking to another friend about the conversations we were having when I was in that tone, just kind of repeating back to me, hearing what I had said and what she had said and realizing how much of a, <laughs> I, a much of a brat <laughs> I was being in the way that I was speaking to her and request of myself as I want to show up as a kind and compassionate and joyful person that's not who I want to show up as and realizing that it didn't matter if she showed up somewhere else that's how I wanted to show up so I had to get responsible to show up with a softer tone whether or not she noticed it so it had to become about me and not about our not about her seeing my tone but more about me desiring speaking in a softer way to those that i love and again she's all caitlin's always been really good at being willing to be 100 percent responsible for all of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so that was a constant conversation we were always having so if you're the one who's creating all this what does it serve you to create it this way what do you get out of it mm-hmm and what's the answer, Caitlin? <laughs> I 
victim. <laughs> I get to be a victim. Yeah. <laughs> Every damn time. Every damn and time. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, I it it was amazing to me how every time I would be surprised. That's part of the reason I laugh when that happens is because every time I'm, my higher self is laughing because my regular human self is surprised that once again, (laughs) this is the result of what I'm trying to get out of this. And that, I guess it kind of goes back to like a choice I've made overwhelmingly for this family that I've created because Leander's dad, I now would call him my brother. I uh, and have a great relationship with him too. And this family that we've created, it just became at one point about me deciding to stop rolling in my shit like a dog. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to get it all over the place because I had so much to offer about how they had wronged me. (laughs) And it was easy to collect evidence about it. So I guess in a way, because it was so easy to collect evidence, I found it, I made the choice at one point to make it just as easy to collect evidence about how much they loved and cared for me. Yeah. 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 And I will say that, you know, it's important to point out when we, we talk about this a lot, when you have so much negative momentum going, and when I say momentum, I mean thoughts, words, you know, anything around that going in a negative direction it took a while to even get us to a neutral place like where it was just kind of neutral before we could start shifting it into positive and that that's exactly how it works what was the beauty of it was you were consistently willing to keep giving up being right about the fact that they were out to get you and wrong you and take your child and all of that stuff Um, because i know how i mean it was like i said it was the truth it was real back then yeah. And that's the beauty of transformation is I look at things for myself and for all my clients that are were true or real for them that now they just kind of laugh at and go, yeah, that wasn't true. I was just making that shit up. And what a what a incredible thing for your daughter, you know, to be able to also I'm this is one of the things that I'm sort of struggling with right now is that um, I was I was raised in a place where like we don't really they don't share the ugly um and so I didn't see a lot of the ugly that my mom would go through or whatever it was that was she did that she was very good at hiding that um and so now as as my daughter sees me walk through some of this ugly um and try to get to the other side of it and she's actually you know at first my my first inclination was to like hide it you know keep it from her put you know cover it up so that she didn't have to experience mom having any ugly in her Um, but now knowing that giving her that opportunity to see that you can walk through it and that there is another story to tell, um, at 13 is going to, you know, change who she's able to show up as, um, and hopefully skip some of this crap. (laughs) I don't know. Please. Well, that's another thing. That's another thing that you've transformed too, Caitlin, is the way you listen to your child, I think, don't you? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to well, share about that? And allowing her to, like, be herself and allowing her to speak just in general. Uh, I have felt not listened to a lot 
And through that opportunity, being able to allow her to speak about her ugly, but also allow things to be as beautiful as possible. Um, Leandra is a really amazing child. She has fairly severe ADHD and sensory processing disorder, which means that she is very impulsive and also is constantly looking to get in people's energy, which is honestly a really beautiful thing and I think will serve her. Um, Can I just recognize something right real quick? That uh, all three of us have kids with sensory processing disorder that are on the phone right now. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about that. And I want you to walk through what you were just saying, because I, that's one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot, um, that we push it, push it, push it, but in like the, the inclination of our teachers and of our therapists and of all of the people that we work with is to sort of push back this desire for them to be in other people's spaces. But what uh-huh. if it, what if we're being, what if we're wrong? You know, like what yeah. if they're the ones who are leading us? that like we should be but you know that we should be in each other you know that we should be more more exploratory of this you know all of our senses and everything around us so I've been working really hard of sort of reframing um and you were starting to go there so I want you to let you you keep going on that because I think that that's one of those things that's been the hardest for me to uh reframe and it, it, sort of in the last couple of days I've gotten it that, um, you know, maybe our little um, sensory seekers, our sensory processing disorder kids are, are here to teach us, you know, about how we really should be <laughs> um, in each other's space. A big thing for me, story for me, that I was able to transform around Leander is I grew up, I was, I enjoyed school right away. I was really good at school. Um, I loved academics. I loved learning all that stuff. I was an early reader. I was in the gifted program all the way up. And Leandra maybe will not have that path. She's still struggling in some ways with reading and all those kinds of things. So I very much had to be, have had to be present to the fact that she is not me. So I think that in a lot of ways has helped me not listen to her as though I'm my mother. Um, And... Also, it's presented some challenges because there's things like how to handle those symptoms and how they show up in school and how they show up in home and all that. Uh, We went on a really long journey through uh, chiropractic care and diet changes and occupational therapy, and some of them would fit in little ways, but not all of them were the solution. She still wasn't coping well enough, and... I do want to say on behalf of the Lawrence public school system, they never pressured us about medications or anything like that. They were always there to support us, which I know it wasn't, (laughs) I created it that way. (laughs) 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 But um, at the end of this road or where we are now, she is still uh, seeing a chiropractor. She's still on a pretty whole natural, no processed foods diet, all that kind of thing, but she's also on medication. And in that time, I was punching myself over and over again, making myself my own victim for putting my child on medication, because it meant that I had failed as a parent, because obviously if I need to put drugs in my kid's mouth, then I did it all wrong, especially because a lot of my values could be 
called the natural hippie route of things, of course, all my friends are going to make me wrong. I am now who all my parent groups talk about who just want to shut up their kid. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I really had to master a whole new way to listen to her. And uh, me and Jay reached a really important point with her, actually before we started her on medication, where she was moving from one school to the next and I was concerned about that transition and who would be her teacher and all those kinds of things. And so Jay gave me the affirmation that everything was would work out with grace and in a perfect way. And it did. <laughs> she, even though she wasn't on medication yet, she landed with the perfect teacher who loved her for exactly who she was and did not expect anything additional from her and enjoyed her for who she was showing up, no matter who it was. Um, and in that taught me to love her a little bit more unconditionally. And uh, that affirmation specifically has really meant a lot for how I take care of Leandra. And especially when we started to put her on medications, I was repeating it myself in my head over and over again that everything was going to be okay. And also giving myself some grace for just wanting to do what's best for my daughter and knowing that if it didn't work out, then we'd try something else again. Um, but Well, one of the things that I, I know that I want to make sure you say, though, is that uh, Leandra asked to go on medication. She did. Yeah, that's right. correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she, you know, both of her parents are hippies. They weren't going to put her on medication. <laughs> she was like, but didn't she, she? It's a great story. Like, right. She overheard yeah. a conversation. Yeah. Well, we had had her evaluated at KU and essentially the end of their evaluation was their recommendations. And they had said, Leander's case is so severe. We think that there is really no other better route than putting her on medication. So at this point, a conversation started, and we were just talking about it. And at one point, um, Leandra is the type of child that hangs out in the next room, and you think she's not listening because she's playing, and she is. <laughs> Every word she knows everything going on. And um, she, which is amazing to me because the child can not hear me say her name, but knows everything. Yeah. <laughs> So she heard this conversation, and after we had settled and just kind of decided that we didn't really want to do it right now, maybe give it some time, all that, um, she approached uh, both me and her father in separate instances on her own and said, I want to try it. Like, I want medication. I'm not working right. I want to do better, and I want to have friends, and I want to be able to keep my friends. Can we please try medicine? And she was seven at the time <laughs> so you don't expect that from a seven-year-old um and no. when your seven-year-old asks you to help her you say yes uh, no matter what it is so at that and point it was, no, after our, was no longer about us it was about her needing to create her world in her own arena and i remember you talking to me sharing this with me when you the very, it was like a first week on meds yeah. What happened? She came home. Um, 
their, her very first week on medication, she came home. And this is a little girl. I cannot get her most. I could not get her most of the time to tell me about her day. Um, we would go and do something, and she wouldn't be able to tell me what we did sometimes. And um, it was actually her second day on meds. She came home from school and made eye contact with me, which is sounds really small, but it was huge for us, and told me a 15-minute long story about her day. We were uh, weeping. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. I got a little, uh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it was a big deal. And, I mean, the thing that's so fantastic about that is that, that again, speaks to you and, you know, you and him, that you listened to your kid. We listen to them. They tell us what they need. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A lot. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, it's interesting because um, I think that there's a natural inclination to sort of fight the medication, you know, and it's it's... And I don't know why. I don't know why. And I think, but I think you go back to this idea that as a mom, there's some sort of failure. Yeah. Right. But what well, it ultimately I, I, got to for us is, it, you know, because my son's on medication and has been now since he started kindergarten. And for us, it got to, he wasn't being successful yeah. without it. And now he's being so successful with it. I mean, he still has a team of people around him that help. Again, Lawrence Public Schools, God bless your hearts. I love those people. Um, they they are so amazing, and he has such a great team around him. But, man, his being on medication is night and day. I mean, it makes a huge difference. And he feels so much better and has so much more confidence than he had and he, you know, he would he was getting to the point where we'd pull up at a playground, and he saw a bunch of kids there, and he didn't want to go play with them because he knew he probably would end up smacking one of them, or you know, something would happen. <laughs> it was not, you know, and he was getting anxious around, you know, being around groups of kids because he'd had so many terrible experiences yeah. with other kids. So I mean, it's that kind of stuff that uh, the reality is sometimes what's to have them be successful and have them thrive. It's the opposite of what we think, um, and we're more, you know, so I, I think that that's, it's powerful. Well, and it's also really easy to collect evidence to the contrary, because, I mean, I have friends with neurotypical kids, and right. um, I lost a friendship because of that, because she thought I should be able to parent it out of her. Right. <laughs> and all three of us are quite familiar with all those parents that tell us about how. Oh yes. <laughs> well, see, I have a, I have a, mine's a boy, so he's just being a boy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, well, oh, and see, God. yeah. So it's, I, I needed this today. You know how um, we talk about the universe brings you what you needed to hear, but we've been having some issues with my kiddo at camp this summer, and last week. Uh, was approached by his counselor to say that, you know, he's really struggling and um, and that he's having a hard time with this and this and this. And these are all things that I knew that, you know, would potentially be there, which I think I also kind of set him up for that because these are my fears, you know. So, what you know, what you resist persists. Um, and so here he was, this 20-something, telling me about my kid Um things that I knew perfectly well, and it was 
of, uh, in a place where I felt like he was the most safe. Uh, it's at a local Montessori school. They have a camp um, that my daughter went through school there, went through camp there, um, and and he just doesn't fit in that environment. Um, and it just, it was one of the first times where I was like, I just sobbed on the way home because it wasn't, it was one more thing, you know? Um, but I've been so terrified about, you know, you know, it keeps telling me like maybe medication's the answer. It keeps coming back up and God, you know, maybe that, that's where, where we're at. And I just needed a couple of, of good friends to tell me it's okay. Um, yeah. Well, and when your daughter knows that it makes her feel better, like when, yeah, there's it. And we also have a really amazing doctor as well that's really supportive and understands that we're not wanting to like play the chase the dose game and all that. Uh, when you have that support around you, that helps a lot too. Um, I, I very much mirror that feeling, Becca, because we wanted Leander to go to local Waldorf school and she went there for preschool and pretty much told us halfway through the semester that it was not that they were not the place for her and when I had pictured this this beautiful accepting compassionate gentle school that she would be written and have all these amazing experiences and not have to deal with not like like it's a punishment to have to deal with public school and then seeing the difference in how she shows up in school now versus then yeah. is mind and day. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I totally get that. We had a similar experience. He only lasted three months. <laughs> <laughs> He'd been asked to leave four other preschools, so it's not like we were. Surprise! Yeah, <laughs> but, but like I, I by God, I have willed him through three and a half years. <laughs> like I have drugged this kid, kicking and screaming mm-hmm. through this goddamn program, <laughs> because that's what we all did. My whole family, you right. know, we've all gone sure. to this damn school, and I yeah. just like have drugged his ass <laughs> through this program. <laughs> Because I was right. Because I'm. Look at me. I'm right. He can do it. Oh, Jesus Christ, you guys. Oh, I love you both. Thank you so much. This was supposed to be this like interview with Caitlin, and now it's like another coaching session for Becca. (laughs) It's all good. We all get it's it's the way it was supposed to be. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. I just thank you so much for both of you guys for, you know, speaking to that honestly. So to move back to Caitlin um, and your success, I mean, God, okay. So you've gone through this with a kiddo with some needs too. I mean, the Wonder Woman uh, symbol keeps getting bigger and bigger on your chest, I think. She's pretty powerful. Oh, God. So now what's next? So you're going to... Well, uh, what's next right now is enjoying the summer, and um, I, me and my partner and Leandra, my daughter, are going on a three-week-long trip across the country at the end of the summer, um, because I don't have school right now, so that, and this is actually, 
this summer is the first time I haven't been entering a semester or preparing for a semester in eight years. Wow. Um, so we're taking that opportunity to go check out what Western America has to offer. So that's a big thing that's on our list right now. Um, and then after I get back, I'll uh, start working on my applications and start my master's program and continue on that train and become a nurse midwife and open a birth center here in Lawrence if that's the place it's supposed to be. Right now it feels like it is. Um, and uh, change the face of healthcare for women and babies. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, she just has this little tiny goal. Little one. Yeah, just a little thing. Just a little thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also through that, I really, um, I am taking time right now to sit back and milk and enjoy and just marvel at the circle that I've created around me of this incredible tribe of people that I call family and, um, just enjoying being right now. You, know, you, de- you deserve it. You deserve to just be for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Well, and just, you know, enjoying the, enjoying the summer and being with that little one. That's what a, what a great opportunity to go explore the world together. I can't, I can't wait to hear how that goes through her eyes, you know, from that perspective of, you know, what, she, what, how she approaches the world. I don't think I ever told oh, you the story. Um, I went and taught at her school for junior achievement. And I just, I just know her through pictures. Um, I've not like met her face to face. Like I knew her through pictures. I knew her through your stories and just, and, and that kind of thing, little videos or whatever that was on your Facebook page or whatever. But um, I saw her in the hallway um, when I was walking to the classroom that I was going to, and it was one of those ones where you kind of see somebody and then you're like, I know that person. And you turn back and you look and you're like, yeah, I know that person. And she was in the hallway meditating. Um, she was like kind of repeating a mantra and she was me- and she was like so pieced out. And then like I walked by her and I turned and looked back at her and she just looked up at me and gave me this huge grin. And she was just like, hi. And I was like, Hi. And she was like, okay, and then went right back to it. And I was like, dude, this kid, like, she's like on another plane. And I had no idea that any of that stuff was going on, like, medically with her. <laughs> and I was like, Caitlin is so freaking powerful that look at this kid. She's like in the hallway meditating at, like, however old she is. How did she do that? <laughs> Could you come over and teach me some classes on how to get my kids to look like that? Oh, I... I don't know. She did that. Not like I tried to trust me. I, in some ways, tried to force that on her for a while, and she was not having it. She doesn't do anything until she's ready. Not a single freaking thing. <laughs> and uh, well, she was probably on a sensory break. Um, she had part of her IEP is sensory breaks, and uh, she now is to the point that she gets to choose when they are and what she does during them. Nice. So now that she's empowered to make those choices and create that, she gets to do what she wants. And amazingly enough, despite how much I tried to force it, it wasn't until she was ready to sit down and be peaceful that she was able to. So. Wow. Yeah. And that's a, a, been a big lesson in listening to her, like Jay was talking about, is 
listening and not just talking at her, like really hearing what she has to say and what she wants to do. Mm. So yeah. making the conversation instead of a direction. Yeah. And the other thing I know that cause we're getting close to time and we, and we have to go, but I do want to point out that, um, you know, Caitlin came with a pretty powerful or at least a grounding in a spiritual practice. And that has been part of our work together from the beginning is you, Caitlin, grounding yourself in spirit work or spirit time, and you you yeah. give a lot of energy to that. And I would assert that, you know, I say this in the book, and I'm always saying this, that the more you focus on your inner being and or your higher self feeding that, then everything else falls into place. And I've learned that lesson over and over again, and I know Caitlin has too, and it's always one of our first questions is like, how's your spirit time? Like, what are you doing? You know, are you meditating? Are you what? What are you hooping? Caitlin's a hooper, by the way. She's a hula hooper, incredible, and that's part of her meditation. She, yeah, she's an incredible hula hooper, and that's part of her meditation practice is is doing that. And always, I can gauge, like if I I can hear in her, hear in her voice how she's doing, and I can almost tell you whether she's doing spirit work or not. But um, I, I wanted to point to that because we haven't talked about it, but it's it's very important, and and it, and it's important part of. Caitlin's journey and I and our journey together. Yeah. Well, and discovering what worked best for me in spirituality was also another thing. Um, I definitely spend as much time in the silence as I can, but I am not a big meditator right. <laughs> in the classical sense. And learning to stop making myself wrong for that and seek yeah. what works for me has been a story to overcome in itself for sure. So Yeah, 100%. Well, we um, always finish off our interviews by, um, my part is to to ask a final, um, I think I've decided to call it the transformation tip, Um, something that you (laughs) would recommend to people, you know, how to keep them in the work, to inspire them to do the work, Um, you know, one of the things that keeps you motivated, what what would you recommend? Um. I probably one of the most powerful affirmations in my life is that I am thrilled with the path my life is on Mm. and constantly seeking how I can better tune myself into that. I, in small ways helps a lot. Um, also being kind to yourself is a really important thing. Caring for yourself is as you would care for anybody else, especially as a woman, we're put, in this world where we're supposed to take care of everybody and forget about ourselves. And I think making sure that you're patient with yourself in your process. And sometimes you're going to have big breakthroughs in a minute. And sometimes it's going to take five years and allowing yourself to have patience in that process, I think is really important. Very good. Love it. Perfect. Yeah. And then uh, lastly uh, in our podcast, I get to acknowledge you. Um, if you'll allow me, and gosh, I, (laughs) Caitlin Hornbeck, you are one of the cornerstones of my work. Um, Thank you for always being willing to pull it towards you and always being willing to be so coachable and, um, but at the same time, like question stuff and have us get in it together. I feel like I've grown up as a coach uh, with you. And um, I wouldn't be the coach that I am today or um, have half of the 
insights that I've had um, had I not had you in my life. And so um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. And uh, I, watching you go from where you were when we first met, that kid that I first met, to this just powerful, gorgeous woman that is uh, such a powerhouse and such a leader um, in your field and um, in the world and for women and for women with kids, I mean, all of it, um, is just such a joy and a gift. So thank you for being that. And um, thanks for being willing to come on and uh, share your life with us. Um, we'd like to have you back, um, especially if you need a coaching session, you want to do it on, on the podcast. We'd love to do that too. Um, but uh, most importantly, thanks for, uh, as always, sharing yourself the way you do. It's it's incredible. And it uh, always lifts us up and blows my mind at the same time. I love you, Jay. <laughs> I don't I have much more to say than that. Um, the willingness definitely went both ways and I appreciate your patience through me canceling and rescheduling coaching sessions those first couple years over and over again, or just not calling you back (laughs) and just being there waiting when I was ready to use the tools that you were willing to give me. Um, and going from being in a victim state of a single mom that got left and got cheated on and was in poverty to, um, having a solid career and and two out of only four degrees that I'm going to get done and a brand new car in my driveway um, and a big, beautiful house and a family that loves me. is I know that I created that. However, a good coach also helps. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and I agree. Yeah, if you have a coaching thing that you'd like to – to do we would love to have you on i know jay has told me many a time about not specifics to your coaching but just how powerful your coaching sessions are so it would be an honor to be a fly on the wall um so thank you so much and we will talk again soon and congratulations and enjoy your downtime go, go do nothing for a little bit <laughs> all right i'm on top of it. all right